Welcome to the Leader Manager Coach Podcast, your weekly podcast where we take a deep dive examining knowledge, philosophies, wisdom and insights to help you to lead, manage and coach in football, sports and life. Leader Manager Coach is presented by Rob Riles. Rob is a qualified coach with a League Managers Association qualification and a science and medicine background. He has worked in the football industry in Europe, USA and Africa at international, premiership, league, non-league and grassroots levels with World Cup and European Championship experience. Hello and welcome to uh, Leader Manager Coach. It's Rob Riles welcoming you to another edition. Now today um, I'm real excited. I've got uh, a real good friend of mine and uh, somebody who I've uh, asked a while ago if he'd uh, come and share his his thoughts on the game. Somebody who's an experienced professional and uh, is now coaching at Wigan Athletics. So we're sitting in uh, Wigan Athletics training ground, um, Nick's kindly invited me up and uh, met a few of the lads downstairs and it's all going on, the usual stuff, the players are in, training's going on, so we're right in the heart of the uh, professional environment. So uh, I'd like to introduce you to uh, Nick Chadwick. Nick's had a, uh, a real good career in the game, played at the top level and uh, now he's forging a, a real good career in, uh, in professional coaching. So hi Nick. Hi Rob. Thanks for uh, taking the time mate and out of your busy schedule and uh, you know, letting me uh, have an hour of your time, I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, no problem. It's uh, nice to see you again. Yeah, no. So uh, just for the background, me, myself and Nick were um, were together at Everton uh, when Nick was um, just coming through in the in, in you know getting his career off the ground, and obviously uh, yeah, he's had a great great career. So I just want to talk about that a little bit. So um, we haven't seen each other for a while. So um, so tell us, Nick, just um, for anybody who um, you know who hasn't met you before, um, just tell us about you career in the game and uh, where you were when you started and um, you know how, how that kind of went for you as a, as a player yeah um, I had a good start to my career obviously um, I met yourself Robert Everton uh, was at Everton as a, young, as a young boy came through the academy there um, and and did really well as a as a sort of teenager um, managed to sign a professional contract at 17 and was in around the first team from that time really so um, quite a lot of success early on managed to uh to play 25 times for the first team under Walt Smith originally, yeah. and then, and then David Moyes, which was, which was great, um, and then and then moved on to Pastures New, went to Plymouth Argyle in the Championship. Um, a lot of money was coming into into Everton at the time, and I felt as a as a young striker trying to make my way, yeah. but pathway was poss- possibly blocked. So um, so I moved on and was happy to do so. Went to Plymouth Argyle in the Championship and had uh, four seasons there that uh, started quite brightly and. and was played and troubled by injury really during that time and um, uh, eventually left Plymouth Argyle and, and went on to, to Hereford in League One and Shrewsbury in League Two and then sort of trolled really the lower leagues in the conference and, and battled away and eventually went back to Plymouth uh, and had another two and a half years yeah. there at the back end of my career which was lovely for me to go back. It was a place that, that I'd got to know really well and a place that I really warmed to and myself and my family. So. That was nice for me to go back there and finish my career there. Really, a loan spell back in the conference at the very, very end. But, um, but uh, all in all, I mean, I stayed in the game till I was, I was thirty-one when I retired, and and uh, quite a quite a few operations. But um, you know, it's not easy to stay in the game for yeah. for, for that long period of time and uh, uh, experience many highs and many lows of the professional game and uh, um, played it played in, in every league and every division, scored in every division. Yeah. So. Um, some real highs and there, and also some some tough times along yeah. the way. But uh, as any and as any career, 
Yeah, absolutely. That's great. So we're talking to somebody who's played in the Premier League. We're talking to somebody who's got experience at all levels of football here. So, you know, um, we're, we're going to get some, some decent stuff. So just you mentioned there that you, you played uh, as, a, as a youngster when you were forging your way with your Premier League games. You played under Walter Smith and you played under, under David Moyes, both two managers that, that, you know, I've got experience of myself. Just from a, a player's point of view then, um, because this is kind of a coaching podcast, and we've got we've got a, a, you know a coaching focus or, or a manager focus. How were they different in terms of how they they manage their teams? Nick, uh, both highly professional. I was I was really fortunate in my career as a whole. I mean, you mentioned uh, Walter Smith and David Moyes, and I was also fortunate enough to play under Tony Pulis at Plymouth and, and Ian Holloway. Um, and managers who've had real, real success, um, and all, all had varying qualities, and all, all had things that uh, I tried to take with me into when forging my own coaching career. Um, um, a lot of the, lot of the top guys and top managers I worked under had real, real professional yeah. high yeah. standards. You know, the professionalism was second to none. Walter Smith, gent, um, yeah. I was like a young boy, and really someone you could look up to and admire. Um, Massive respect for as a young as a young player of both them guys. Probably more fearful of David Moyes. He was more the fear element and yeah. that, um, not wanting to upset him. He's quite a stern yeah. character. Um, but again, had a had a had a side to him that was jovial and and and, and was definitely enjoyable coming yeah, through yeah. as a as a as a young player at the time. So um, highly professional, highly motivated, highly talented um, men. Who, who, I I believed helped me tra- when I was trying to forge yeah, yeah. my way through and and make a, a career for myself uh, in a game that's really difficult to yeah, do. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. And just because you mentioned it, and uh, he happens to be somebody that I've got a massive admiration for, Tony Pulis. Um, I didn't actually realise that he was he was Plymouth manager when you when you were there. Um, and obviously from the the area of the country where you know, obviously we both from kind of got Staffordshire connections. Uh, he, he did really well for it. Stoke did amazingly well, and but probably took him to one of their, if not the best beer in their the club history, one of the best. What was he like to to play under? Yeah, again, uh, uh, hard but fair, uh, stern, disciplinarian, hard worker, um, professional, um, a real man. Uh, treated us players as men. Yeah, yeah, um, and expected uh, that in return. Yeah. Um, no, it wasn't Namby Pamby in the slightest. Straight to the point. Um, knew where you stood. Um, uh, you know, his attention to detail, as with David Moyes, was first class. Yeah, yeah. Um, defensively minded, probably yes. Strong setup. Uh, clear roles and responsibilities yeah. within the team. Uh, knew knew what was expected going out onto the football field uh, every single day and every Saturday and. Uh, someone, I, someone I admired, someone who um, would always have, and it's proven, will always have successful football teams because um, his organisation was second to none. Um, and yes, at times the football wasn't free flowing, but as a group of players at the time playing at Plymouth Argyle in the Championship uh, under Tony Pulis, I think we realised if we were trying to try and out football teams to death, and, and he realised if we were going to try and out football yeah. teams to death. Wasn't going to happen. The way we were going to get points was by being dis- by being organised and fit and working harder and having having eleven men on the football pitch 
who were going to play for one yeah. another and the manager, and that's what we that's what he got us doing. And I've got, good, I've got great respect for him. So, as well as obviously him wanting to you to put, you know put him in the net, did you as a player were you given quite clear responsibilities as a striker? what you had to do in order to be the first line of defence i.e. defending from the front 100% um, I, had, I had a massive responsibility without the ball and um, I look back now and I probably I probably was more worried about not letting him down and my teammates down in terms of what my role and responsibility was I was more concerned with that than I was with actually putting the bloody yeah, ball yeah. in the back yeah, of the yeah, net yeah 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 I love it uh, come on Tony uh, <laughs> <laughs> nil nil we'll take it we'll take the nil nil yeah I think anyone looking at my goal scoring record would, 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 would <laughs> great, agree, would agree with that uh, but no I, I was I had a, I had a, I had a okay, I've defined myself as a real team player and wanted to do well for the, yeah. for the team and um, you know and wasn't loads of chances created at the time um but but you know i, I was never one to moan about that yeah. i wanted to be in the team and to, to be in the team i had to do what he, what he wanted me to do and i tried to do that um to the best of my ability every week some weeks successfully and had good games and sure the plymouth argyle fans would say not yeah, successfully yeah, well, so that's, 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 that's uh that's that's a professional game you know i think if you're asked to do a job, you go out and do it, and uh, that's what I would expect of any player who who works yeah. under myself now, and and something that I try to do as a player working under, uh, not just Tony Pulis, but yeah, David yeah. Moyes, and yeah. in other way, and whoever else I play for. So, obviously, when you when you look back um, and and hear the managers that you've worked under, you know Ollie as well, flipping it, you know people who've done some great things in the game. At what point can you remember the point when you thought, I think coaching might be for me, or management might be for me, or or, or do you remember playing and trying to pick stuff up a la possibly the future or were you just a player and then suddenly one day you thought what am I going to do like I'm going to make them 30 or whatever mm. like sometimes mm. how did that work for you mm. how did that pan out um, I think it was a bit of a, more of a natural process uh, I think I've had some unbelievable uh, coaches and managers Colin Harvey and Andy Holden as youth team coaches and they installed a, a belief and a way of working in, into me that uh, I probably didn't know it at the time, but was was naturally leading me and lending itself to me going into going into yeah. me co going into coaching and staying within the game. I, as I say, I've always touched upon. I was always a player who tried to tried to carry out the managers and the coaches' instructions. Um, and as I got older, I found people coming to me and and looking to me for leadership. Uh, asking me was I going into coaching was I ever thinking about going into football management without me actually even thinking about it and, and as I've touched on I had uh, more than my fair share of injuries during my career and very early on I was intelligent enough to know that uh, having made a great start in my, my playing career I probably wasn't going to play at a high level for very long just with the amount of injuries I was picking up Yeah. Uh, so I was intelligent enough to realise that and very quickly want turn my eye to what was next and and uh, uh, when when I was playing quickly at the age of 25 26 started trying to get myself involved in okay. coaching and, yeah. and started to go back into Everton when I was when I come back north and was was trying to volunteer and, and help okay. out with the younger age groups and really was just was trying to always be one step ahead really and then um, and the more I got into coaching and then the playing career sort of started to wind down I had the idea of uh, the coaching would support the playing, and then uh, the older I, the older I got, the playing would support the coaching yeah. uh, until I could go full time into coaching. And um, barring a season or two, that's really how 
how much it, it worked out that way really and it got to the point where I was enjoying the coaching so much so uh, and I, was, I was, wasn't enjoying the playing side as much and and the pre-activation and the, the rehab and the prehab and yeah, the, yeah. everything else, you know, the hours spent doing that um, to get myself through the odd training session and game, I wasn't particularly enjoying and uh, um, standing on the sideline telling others to do it was appealing more. Is it easier? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I just started to enjoy it more and I made the decision yeah. that I wanted to come away from playing to really focus on the coaching um, at a younger, age, younger age than possibly what other people were doing and I think that's why I found myself in a position where it's still relatively young. I've, I've managed to move on in my coaching career because I, in terms of coaching years and coaching experience, I've sort of been eight to ten years into it now. Brilliant. So um, yeah. starting young has actually Brilliant. got me ahead of the game a little bit, which Brilliant. is which was part of the plan. And, and um, yeah, I think that's it's managed, seems to have worked itself out so far. Now. Yeah, so it seems like you were, like quite a few people who become real good coaches and real good managers even back in the you know going back to, to the 70s and, and 80s people who had injury issues in terms of having it kind of made people grow up quicker than if you unless you sail through your career and everything's rosy and then bump all of a sudden it comes when you're 35 yeah. you know you kind of yeah. allude to the fact that kind of had a, an ability to look back at you or look look at the game you were playing and think you know what i need to start thinking which is great and it also sounds like the leadership qualities that coaching demands, you know, when we talk about leadership, I don't necessarily mean you're a sergeant major because mm. for every different personality, there's a different form of leadership. Mm -hmm. you know? yeah. But you kind of allude to the fact that the, the people who mentored you or inspired you, like Colin, because I believe Colin was um, a disciplined guy, he was a disciplinarian. Mm -hmm. 100%, um, yeah. And I know, you know, with uh, Andy Olden, you didn't, you didn't kind of shirk anything, Andy required. Uh, you know, didn't, didn't he? he, yeah, he slap, around, slap around the chops. Nah, that's that's if I've done well. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, no, no, that's great. So, just tell us about your, your so we talked about your, your football career. So, we've got a great little background about how, you know, your, your playing career and, and how that led into your coaching. The people who've influenced you, brilliant. Where where have you been on your coaching journey from, from when you kind of, you know, you sort of said you were doing half and half and, you know, until mm. your playing career came to the mm. point where you're thinking, do you know what, actually, I'm not sure that I'm, yeah. Do it. So, how did you, tell us about your coaching journey as, as such from there? Yeah, I had um, I had a couple of other influences as well. I, a best friend of mine was a crew as a, as a scholar and didn't make it, and younger than I did got into coaching and went went to Everton actually as a, as a very young coach and ended up in Canada. And yeah. he, he was my best friend. He's my best friend from school, and uh, he was in coaching. Yeah. So, um, don't get me wrong, I, I had them moments like any player and professional does when they're retiring or they know things are coming to an end that you have that mad panic of what am I going to do next yeah. um, I also had that sense of bitterness a little bit that sometimes you get and players sometimes get where you think I want I want to do something else other than football and what's the real world look like um, but it didn't last long after a couple of months <laughs> I realised that I didn't really know much else and, uh, yeah. and I didn't really want to do anything yeah. else I, I, I joke that I've probably never worked a day in my life because I've always been in football and <laughs> I'm quite proud of that. It. I'm pro <laughs> quite proud of that fact. I mean, the coaching started. I mean, it wasn't. It's not. It's not easy to get into, and I, I think that's that's uh, it's key to get across. I mean, I when I first finished playing, yes, I was sort of volunteering, if you like, at Everton, and I was I was going in and helping out, and picking up the cones, and giving the bibs out, and um, I was still only like 29, 28 and playing at Stockport County and then yeah. went away to Plymouth for a couple of years and helped out with the under-16s when yeah. I was playing there and um, 
voluntary uh, basis more than anything else. And then it was only when I come back again for the second time, back up um, and finishing my career, and I started going in, going into Everton. Um, I started going to Everton part time, and then I went on to went for a job and uh, full time at Everton, and, and didn't quite get it, missed out, uh, and then I ended up. Uh, ended up going to Blackburn, and I worked at Blackburn yeah. with the under 15s on, yeah. a, on a part-time basis. So I did uh, I did uh, two nights a week, a Saturday, a Sunday, and I did a Tuesday day release at Blackburn with the under 15s, and uh, that it was uh, full-time. I was part-time wage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I yeah. went and got another job, and I went and worked at a, a, a sports college and took uh, and took some lads from from Liverpool who had poor backgrounds. Um, and, and was having trouble with their difficulty with schooling who came into this sports college and they did football for a couple of hours of a morning yeah. um, and I managed to uh, coach them if coach is the right word but man, it, it actually was it was it was growing it was growing me as a coach and as a person on how to deal with difficult uh, difficult players and difficult people who were who lacked motivation yeah. and it was it was building my coaching CV and my coaching career um, it wasn't really where I wanted to be at the time, but it was something that I just just really rolled my sleeves yeah, and up got, and yeah. got and got and got stuck into. And I, I believe that um, I believe I've done it the right way around. When I when I wanted to and thought about going into coaching, my biggest fear was to be stood in front of a group of senior players, which oh, I always wanted to do eventually, senior professionals, and to not have a clue of what I was doing. I thought if I'm finished playing and get given a coaching session the very next day, I had a fear of. Yeah. I wouldn't know what to do, which sounds mad when you've taken part as a player in yeah. so many sessions, but actually to run a session and, and to deliver it without being laughed off the park, because I was one of them players who would who were down the coaching stuff. Um, I didn't want that, so I, I, I believe that starting with the babies at Everton, the 10s and the 11s and 12s, and then working with kids of mixed ability and, and difficult backgrounds and posed me various challenges, I believe that was all... Uh, key part to my own development as a coach um, and as I say then moved on to Blackburn and then took a job at uh, Warrington Town heading up their academy which the the, the kids there were in a college programme they were yeah. training in the day two hours two hours in the day three days a week with a game yeah. on a Wednesday uh, ability was slightly better obviously than the, the kids who, who were disengaged kids at Liverpool if you like who had, who had, who had been taken yeah um, Warrington Town Academy kids were slightly better that was part time mixed in with the Blackburn stuff yeah. so it was a case of finishing 12 till 2 at Warrington session and then drive up to Blackburn yeah. and uh, 6 till 8 at Blackburn um, I absolutely loved it though I mean, it wasn't a wasn't a chore at all I loved it and I could, I could sense that I was getting better as a coach I was getting more confident I was getting more practice I was getting more coaching hours um, and, and I was taking off the B licence and all the modules and uh, I was just—it was just very much a case then of, of trying to stay afloat financially, um, and also building a coaching CV and building coaching hours. And uh, uh, I've I made more mistakes during them sessions than anyone, um, but I believe it was making me yeah. better. Um, and eventually went to Blackburn and worked with Paul Carden, who's now manager at Warrington Town, who went on to manage Southport. Um, I did doing the 15s with him for a short while before he took the Southport job as manager, and then. Then took the group on my own for eighteen months, um, and, and loved Blackburn. It's a great football club, great academy, um, and uh, I just wanted I wanted to get into it yeah. full time. Um, went for a couple of jobs at Blackburn, didn't get them, and again it was a case of dusting yourself down and coming back for more. 
um, before Gregor here at Wigan was was kind enough to offer me the, the yeah. job as under 18s coach here. Um, and I went after a couple of years at Blackburn, came here. Um, and this this football club and this academy has been absolutely fantastic. Yeah. The way that Gregor's got the academy up and running at the minute is is brilliant, and I've absolutely loved it. And yeah. I've done two years with the under 18s, and uh, that went fairly well. We've had some good good young footballers in the building, and. Uh, now managed to progress into to the under twenty three and the development squad, um, which linking linking in to the first team and the seniors at times and uh, you know it's it's I'm really enjoying it. I'm enjoying the, the I'm enjoying the journey of the young players. Really? I see myself see myself in the players a lot, um, and I, and that helps because yeah, hot, you know the, the impatience of it all. Yeah, hundred percent. I was I was there, and they they can relate. I can relate to a lot of their stuff. They. They come in and because especially at this level is is coaching all on the grass. I don't think it is. I think a lot of the stuff that that we do now here, or I certainly do, is is the lads off the pitch as, as much as on it. And uh, I think sort of designing and developing sessions out on the grass is only half of yeah, yeah. my role now. I think a lot of it is is dealing with their frustrations and uh, their worries and their fears and all them insecurities right, yeah. that yeah. that uh, I once had as a young player. So. Yeah. I absolutely love it. I love working, coming in and working with the with all the players and the staff on a daily basis now at the minute. So here you are at the minute. <laughs> you know that's a great, great, great story. You, you're working with the 23s and the, you know recently with the 18s and, and you. But what comes across to me, Nick, is is somebody who's played at the highest level we've got in this country, who has had frustrations because you've had injury problems and you managed to keep going till you you know in your 30s, but. You recognised that if you wanted to get something out of the next part of your career, i.e. the coaching, what comes across to me is the fact that you've been prepared as, as somebody who could have easily gone and probably done something else, that you've done your voluntary stuff, you've worked for nothing, you've driven the miles, you, you've worked with, you know, on your own probably in inner cities, outer cities, on poor pitches with bits of equipment, and you've just done it and done it and done it and done it. Um, because what I hear a lot and maybe you hear it as well, is people do say to me, oh, how do you get into football? Or how do you, people say, even on the, on the, on the, you know, how do you work for a football club? And, and you know, I, and you can't give them an answer apart from the fact that you just need to go out and do some hours and, and not worry about, oh, I'm waiting for Liverpool to ring me or do you think I'll be able to get to Real Madrid? Because your story is lovely to me. I, I love it because it's somebody who's gone out there and, you, and you've worked in arenas that actually feel at the time a million miles away from where you want to be but yeah. you know yeah. that that's part of your your growing up so if you you know uh, in terms of a coach yeah that's what mm. it comes across mate yeah yeah definitely I mean I didn't uh, I didn't have the choice really at the time because because no one no one was knocking on my door offering me offering me a full time 30 grand a year plus coaching job yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of young coaches and people out there can, yeah, yeah. can relate to that relate yeah. to that 100% uh, and I, I did. And listen, I've been fortunate enough that you know I did. I did manage to get an invitation to go in into Everton yeah. initially, and I did get a, an offer, a, an interview at Blackburn, yeah. probably because I had a, I'd had a playing career. I, I understand that, um, but uh, the the school, the kids stuff I worked at was based at Bootle Bootle Football Club in the middle of Liverpool, um, on a on a half a three G at the back of the grounds. Yeah. Um, and I, I walked in there for the first day and. <laughs> 
not only the kids but the staff are like, what the fucking hell are you doing? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and the kids, the kids had me up on FIFA and were laughing at uh, laughing at how bad of a player I was on FIFA and yeah, and yeah, yeah. It was just like, yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> it was, it was good. I loved it. I loved it. It was different. It was, uh, it was, it was a new experience for me. It was me putting myself into a position where probably wasn't comfortable going in the first couple of days, but. Um, to progress, you, that's, you have to you have to put yourself into uh, into situations and circumstances that are a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's is part of you growing as as not only a coach but probably a human being. Yes. Um, and you know, I look back at them times now, and and I had a great time for, for six months, twelve months for, that I did that job. Um, and then I knew that wasn't where I wanted to be. I knew that wasn't um, where I would end up, but. Um, I was just a young young coach trying to make his way, yeah. uh, like like many like many lads out there are. Um, so, hundred percent. If you if you're wanting to wanting to become a successful coach, you, you must put that and put in that time. You must go out and get out there and just get coaching. Just get yeah. a team and get coaching. And you can't worry about where what door's going to open and where I'm going to end up. It's, it's about and working as hard as you can and, and keep looking for the next opportunity yeah, yeah. and keep putting yourself forward and putting yourself yeah, out yeah. there and I've had as many many knockbacks I've gone for for more jobs that I haven't got than the ones I have I, I've yeah. actually come for a job at Wigan Athletic and didn't get it before yeah. before the one came where, where I did, did yeah. um, had I not gone gone for that that first one I probably would never have got, exactly. got the 18th one mm-hmm. so um, you, you have to just keep going and, and Anyone involved in, in football, is, is they, you get used to the your fair share of knockbacks and start dusting yourself down and uh, yeah, and getting getting going. Yeah. Okay. So the other thing I just want to touch on is because um, I'm really say really big into I, I really resonate with what you said about your grass time and your off the grass time with players because you know the psychology side or the mind side is something I've always always been interested in and that obviously sounds like for you you've recognised whether that's from your own playing career or just seeing in the players you've brought on that you've been able to make a difference to them by what you're saying yeah yeah yeah. I, I always try and <clears throat> relate um, the insecurities and um, that the lads have really here with, with my own career I've uh, many a time I remember I think it was Crew Alex in the youth cup I, I got subbed off um, I didn't think it was going to happen for me that night. I came off after that game, and that was it. In my world, I was never, Honestly, yeah. I was never going to make it as a professional. Yeah. Uh, and I think it was only six months later, or a few months later, I was making, I was making me debut. Yeah, great. Uh, it's just that, that yeah. age group. You have you re, you're reading into every decision the staff are making, uh, every substitution that's that's made, or squad that gets named. Yeah. It's it all means the lot. And, yeah. Um, the the, the the pressure that the lads put themselves under and and, um, and the parents and and everyone associated with the players uh, it's quite significant and especially working within these age groups where it's a real defining sort of time for the lads and uh, are they going to get off pro contracts or aren't they and uh, yeah I can relate I can relate to a, to a lot of their stuff and then once they do become the professional you know they the worries and the doesn't stop it because just then, it's, then it's yeah. Am I going to get another contract? I'm the bottom of the next ladder now. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's, 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 it's the way it is, and um, you know, it's. I think I'm. I, I try and 
uh, as best I can guide them off the pitch and I, I sometimes I haven't always got the answers and, and I can only offer honest advice uh, sometimes I'll offer advice and, and, and it's taken sometimes I'll offer advice and uh, a player may choose to take advice from another source um, which which can be frustrating or whatever but but it's important I always think it's important I try and be as honest as I can with, with the players especially the younger ones and um, and give them as solid advice as possible because I had plenty of solid advice when I was a when I was a young pro and yeah um, it really helped it really it does help I mean I remember being offered my first contract and going to uh, I think it was David Weir and, and Alan Stubbs at the time and, and seeking their advice and even when I moved to Plymouth I remember speaking to a lot of the pros at Everton at the time the older pros and, and seeking their advice and um, you know it was it was just something I always did and I always try and uh, offer that guidance to, to the young players who I, I see that as part of my role I see that as, as what we're here to do you know and, and sometimes it might be stuff off the pitch where it, um, it's important that the lads feel comfortable enough to come in and and, uh, and speak to me about certain things and at the right times you know I also think it's important that the lads have that little bit of wariness and that they're not sure and, there's a balance. Yeah, I make sure there's a strong discipline amongst them. Um, I think that's that's important as well. So it's a tough world they're going into. We can't make it. We can't make it uh, really soft all the time because uh, if I make it too soft here, then they're going into they're going into a real hard industry. So uh, we have to harden them to that, um, and I, I believe that's massively important as well. But um, you know, there is a human element. And, and, we want to make. I want to make happy, happy. I want happy lads coming into work every day. Um, it's not always possible, but we try. Yeah, that's that resonates with me. Listening to the story of um, like Eric Harrison, who I think it was one of the um, Neville's who, who said that. It's obviously, that you know they they were subject to his, his leadership for, for many years at, at United, and, and you know it's many people's belief that he was one of the best people in the game for, as to prepare young men. That's what they said. He, he, he wasn't necessarily the best technical coach. He, they didn't say he wasn't a good technical coach, but they said his ability to prepare a young man for life in the pro game was second, second to none. And I think that's kind of what you're touching on in fact, when yeah. you're talking about that. When we start the conversation, you spoke about people I'd worked under. They were all men, and there, there wasn't a there wasn't a soft. There was a softness, but there was a real. There was a stern, hard, professional disciplinarian yeah. side to them um, and you got treated like a man uh, and I try and treat the lads that way here uh, I got I got huge respect for all of them um, but they have to they have to live and breathe football yeah. they have to show as much professionalism as they're gonna get yeah. from this side of the this side of the fence and uh, it's, it's too much for some this is a highly professional industry and we try and run it uh, as enjoyable as possible here without doubt um, yeah but um, it's a it's a tough professional industry and standards are high and uh, I expect the players uh, to meet them. Um, but we have some fun and we have a lot of laughs yeah, yeah. and there's a there's a there's a human element yeah, yeah. along the way where you know um, if it's too much for one or two they have to know I'm there for them. Uh, yeah. uh, we have Alex Gibson comes in and Alex works with us. Uh, once, uh, once a week, twice a week. He's been a huge help to me since yeah, I've yeah. been since I've been here, and he's uh, worked alongside Eric Carrison. I think he was at City when Eric was at United, yeah. and and uh, 
he's brought through many many a young player, and uh, he's he's really been uh, a real good mentor to me in the coaching uh, world since I've Probably, since I've yeah. been here. He's, he's he's been amazing for me to lean on, and um, he's guided me. Um, and I've been able, fortunate enough to see him work at close hand, and uh, the balance he strikes between uh, having that tough disciplinarian professional standard and and fun human soft side uh, is spot on and uh, it's something I've managed to, to pick up and learn from and, and certainly helped me in my uh, in my coaching journey. Yeah because that was my next kind of thing was to say you've kind of half answered that is so if you look back at when you started and you, you know, you're dead keen and, you, and you, you're perhaps at Everton you're putting cones out and you're watching coaches and you think oh, this is how it's done and then you think right this is where I am now with perhaps a decade under your belt or, or longer, uh, you know, you might have already answered it, but how, how do you think you've changed and evolved in terms of, uh, is it hard to say, or can you kind of see? Uh, I, I've definitely evolved. Um, I've definitely improved. Uh, like you say, um, I, I've not lost any enthusiasm no. from the first day I walked onto training ground. I believe that's the, that's the key. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I if the players don't see that I'm, then that, if I'm not enthusiastic, how can I expect them to be in that? I am. I try and bring that enthusiasm uh, every day uh, into every session. Um, I try and keep them the professional standards as high um, as I believe they need to be, which is which is very high. Um, and they have to they have to jump up to that standard. Yeah. It's not for me to lower mine. Um, uh, I believe. I've improved in terms of I get flavour now for how the lads are feeling. I get right. flavour for when it needs to be enjoyable, for yeah. when I need to when I need to make it not enjoyable, for when it needs to be tough, for when it needs to be not so tough. Yeah. Uh, uh, how long we need to work, what size area the lads need to be working at. I, I think naturally I've developed a gauge for that without having to be told by someone to yeah. make it bigger or yeah. smaller or yeah. go longer. Or uh, I'm not a big believer in working for a set amount of time. I think. That's a guide, I think. But if the, if a four minute block of possession is going really well, you might be finished three and a half minutes. If it's if it's not going so well, you might you might Extended make it last yeah. longer, yeah. Or, or vice versa, or whatever. But I think you have to have a feel for how the session's running. You've got to get a feel for enjoyment of the players, when to change it, when the players have had enough. If the players are right on it, you might stop because then it leaves them wanting a little bit more for the next session. Or I believe I've got a better feel for for the sessions that I'm now involved yeah. in um, and I, I don't really I believe it's about doing the simple things well um, I, I don't think I don't dress it up and I'm, I'm not one for uh, looking for the next sort of hot the next new way hot, the yeah, next hot, hot fancy. session off the internet yeah, yeah that's not that's not really not really for me uh, although I believe I believe that you know if someone's bringing something new, if there's a bit of innovation, uh, I'm all I'm all for that. But it, that can't be at the uh, the detriment of the old the old yeah, fashioned yeah. values. They the old fashioned values are, are key to uh, the undercurrent of most of my sessions. But um, obviously, I think the tactical sides absolutely explode exploded um, in coaching, and I think that's been for the better. I think. I like nothing better than to be tactically challenged than during a game or whatever it may be or on the tactics board by somebody I think to sit around and discuss that in a room before we go out is great uh, but then to be completely clear and simple when when selling that to the players is is key um, 
I think now coaches are trying to co- trying to coach for themselves at times to go onto the grass and, and end yeah, up confusing yeah. themselves. Never mind the players. I think clear, simple messages is what the players, what I preferred when I was playing. Uh, I'd go back to Tony Pulis. You knew your role. Uh, and if the player's going onto the pitch knowing his role, you, you've got half a chance. Uh, if he's going on confused and not knowing whether he's coming or going, you've probably not done your work yeah. well enough throughout the week. So, um, different bits really. I, I mean, it's probably better for others to see where I've developed yeah, yeah. Um, and where I haven't. Yeah. But uh, I've always kept that enthusiasm, always kept them them values, yeah. um, and I've just tried to learn and improve along the way. Like like anybody, I've always been had that uh, open mindset. I've always been open to all the courses. I've yeah, done a lot of the yeah. courses and, and tried to. Uh, develop my CV yeah, that way yeah. and, and my own knowledge by learning uh, off the grass. Um, but I don't want to that your learning takes place on the grass, your learning takes place by making mistakes, your learning takes place by uh, having someone like Alex Gibson telling you you're not very good when you first came to Wigan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like oh, he did to really? me. Uh, <laughs> so many a time I thought I'd done well and he told me he told me he didn't think it was so good and we chat it through and you know it's the only way it's the only way to improve, you know, it. there's no point me uh, throwing me toys at the pram if someone says something's not gone not yeah. gone great uh, if things don't go great then we look into why and we look to yeah. do better next time so Brilliant. standard st- standard stuff you know I don't think there's any magic formula to to improve yeah. and, and to develop it's just having that open mindset and, and being willing to, to try yeah yeah yeah, so here you are. You're uh, you've got. You see, you got this. This you know these years under your belt, and you, you obviously forged a great career, and, and, and you know um, got some great mentors, and, and you got your got your thoughts on the game. Um, what if you look back? Have you got a ha, the, the the something the favourite part of your coaching journey where you think, do you know what? That's gone really well. Or it might not be personal to you. It might be a team that's performed well. You've done a, you know, you you you've, you've been working on them, working a certain way, playing a certain way, and then and, and they share it for that thirty minutes of a game or something. And you think, do you know what? Actually, I've actually mm. after six months we've done something mm. here. Or have you got one of those? Mm. Or, or no not particularly one uh, moment. I mean, you've always got moments that you look back up, back out, or look back on, and you think, oh, I loved that moment, and uh, uh, but. For me, and it's a bit like it replicates my playing career in many ways. I, I look back at my playing career now, and I, I, I love the journey of, of becoming a player and a young player trying to make his way, and then actually um, managing to, to make your debut forever. Steps, and yeah. that, the journey of that was what I loved, um, and that's I feel like I'm loving really? it. Minute, I'm loving the journey of, of starting and going with the kids in the Liverpool school and the Warrington Town Academy, and and onto Blackburn, I loved that, and then onto the full time, and now moving up and, and working with the manager and, and seeing seeing the way they're setting up the first team, and having I'm fortunate enough to be able to do that. And yeah, then, I agree. Uh, all the young players and, and seeing them them make their way. Because I'm a fairly new coach, certainly to this professional development phase, to actually see some of the players you've worked with now going on to forge their own yeah. careers. I get a real satisfaction yeah, uh, of watching them play. Um, and, 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 you know, still they're still picking up the phone and giving me a ring and looking for advice and still trying to mentor them on their journey. That's that's where I get my biggest sort of satisfaction from. And, and having that, um, I'm just, I, feel, I just feel fortunate to be able to be given the chance to, to work with young players and... Um, to be in the game, still working yeah, away yeah. in an industry that, that I love, and 
and like we said before, it's all the bloody nose. So uh, I just yeah, I feel you're not bad at it. Both. No, no, I feel I feel, I feel like uh, I, I, feel, I feel like it's it's you know it's uh, I've been I've been fortunate I've been fortunate that I've been given one or two opportunities and I've I've just been working hard to try and make the most yeah most of them really yeah. um, and you know that that'll be continue to be the case. People often say where where next and what you're going to do, yeah. but. I just enjoy the journey. Just enjoy and, the journey. And, you know, what it is at the minute. For yeah. what it is, and I've got no real aspiration of I'm going to do this. I mean, I want to be as, as good as, as I good can as be. Can, yeah. And that's as simple as that. And as long as I keep developing and I want to stand still, really, I'm looking, I'm looking, as I said, I've just completed my uh, diploma in football management and, and uh, at the old cap and gown job was something, oh, top that, man. something that I never thought I'd do. Yeah, yeah, LMA, yeah. So, uh, that made me mum. That made me mum proud of me. Did it? Oh, he's <laughs> got his ology. He's got his ology. Yeah. Thought to wear a cap and gown. I tell you. Uh, Love it. But uh, I managed to do that now. So it's uh, there's a bit of mentorship part of the LMA that yeah. um, I'm looking to take upon and and meet various people and perhaps have a look at some management and leadership things outside of football and try and grasp some ideas on. Because um, I think there's, I think there's big gains to be honest. I think, yeah, yeah. I think leadership and, and management, and football is similar to to many different facets. So perhaps to have a look outside of football would be of interest. But as long as it doesn't affect me work and what's yeah. going on at the football club, it has to be relevant. It has to be something that I can bring uh, bring yeah. to the table and improve me as an individual. If it's if it's not, then then uh, it's of no gain whatsoever. So. Um, more than anything just keep enjoying yeah, really, it I'm really I'm really enjoying it and I'm at the football club and working with uh, excellent people so uh, it's going it's going it's going well for me because I'm enjoying it and that's the sounds great so that's brilliant um, listen I'm really conscious just want to kind of bring it to a close because obviously you've uh, got lots to do and I'm uh, really appreciative of your time Nick and it's a great you know you've given us a great great bit about your playing and how you've gone to your coaching and your transition and you've you know how you develop through your coaching and where you are now. Re- really great for for young coaches. Um, so just um, just to finish off, you've kind of alluded to the fact that you know you do enjoy the journey and you, you know you take things as they come and you know you're open minded and you're open to, to learning and and, you, and your qualification with the LMA, which is absolutely brilliant. Um, so what about you? So if there is any downtime outside football, mate, you know Nick the person. So just a couple of quick fire ones I always finish with, and feel free to just say pass and we'll move on. But yeah, yeah. do you do anything outside football, mate? Or you? No, I mean, yeah. I, I think I think it's important. I've got two young, I've got two young girls. You know, I've got family outside of football, yeah. and, and uh, the one thing I am conscious of in this in this, in this industry, and, and whilst I'm full of ambition and and uh, drive and. Uh, enthusiasm for the game, you know. I've got I've got two young, beautiful girls there, and uh, and a wife who, uh, you know, probably don't give enough time to at times. So I'm uh, I am conscious that I need to give some time back yeah. to them at times. And a lot of my uh, my downtime, you know, is just spent is really spent with them. Um, gone are the days of me spending four hours on a golf course, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah. no, I try I keep in contact. I try and keep in contact with some of the lads, and I made many many good friends playing uh, yeah. playing this game and. I try to make make time and stay in touch with them and, and various friends and a bit of socialising and uh, just the odd, beer, the, odd beer or, the odd beer or two on an early doors on a Friday, but you know nothing uh, nothing major. You know, it's got, yeah. uh, like any like any working parent, whether you're with a young family, your time spent either at work or, or trying to raise uh, raise children as best you can. Yeah, so yeah. Um, they take up a lot of my time and uh, yeah, swimming on a Wednesday. Ah, oh, nice, but. Uh, no, that's uh, yeah. that's it really. You know, it's, um, 
it's as good as it gets, I'm afraid. Right, that's yeah, fantastic. Nick, um, yeah, that's absolutely brilliant, mate, and uh, can't, you know, can't ask you for any more, pal, so thanks for your time, mate. Brilliant, cheers, really Rob. Appreciate it. it. I'll and, see you again. Um, yeah, catch you again. Great, cheers, mate. Thanks.